Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz. Glad to be with you this Lord's Day as we study from the book of Acts, Paul before Felix. And that would be Acts 24, verses 10 through 27. Again, please turn in your Bibles to Acts 24. The verses are 10 through 27. Next Lord's Day, we will study again in Acts. The chapter is 25 and the verses are 1 through 12. And the title of the lesson will be Paul Appeals to Caesar. So next Lord's Day, Acts 25, verses 1 through 12. Paul appeals to Caesar. We have uh, two more lessons after this day in this quarter, and then we'll, uh, we'll see where we go from there. So let's look at Acts 24. The verses are 10 through 27. The New King James Version of the Bible reads, Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may ascertain that it is no more than twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone, nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms and offerings to my nation, in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they had anything against me. Or else let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council, unless it is for this one statement which I cried out, standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness 
self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. Praise be the readers, the hearers, and the doers of God's holy and divine word. So here we have Paul. He's made the long trip from Corinth to Jerusalem at the end of his third missionary journey. He had received ample warnings of the chains and imprisonment that were awaiting him. Note Acts 20, verse 23. The Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. <clears throat> also note Acts 21 and verse 11. When he had come to us, Agabus took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. The apostle was not deterred. In Jerusalem, a mob surrounded him in the temple. He escaped with his life only because a Roman commander rescued him. Verse 32. He immediately, that's 21:32. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The Roman commander, Claudius Lysias, sent Paul to the Roman governor, Felix, in Caesarea. He sent him with a large contingent of soldiers to protect him. And in the meantime, the high priest, Ananias, hired an orator named Tertullus to go to Caesarea and present the Jewish case against Paul the apostle. Tertullus made three charges against Paul. First, that he incited rebellion. Second, that he was a principal member of a sect that was in opposition to the Roman law. And third, that he had profaned the temple. Note Acts 24 and verse 5. For we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of Nazarenes. After the Jews made their case, Felix permitted Paul to speak. 
Paul testified that he had encouraged no one to be disorderly and that those who asserted otherwise under Roman law were under obligation to offer evidence. The high priest had sent no first-hand witnesses to Caesarea because there were none. Paul admits that he was, in fact, a Nazarene, and he assumed correctly that Felix knew something about them, but he denied that there were any political motivation in his uh, beliefs and actions. A Jewish doctrinal dispute lay behind the charges brought against the apostle. It had nothing to do with a disturbance of the peace or the incitement of rebellion. Paul argues that he had not cast away the, the veneration of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. He does not say that he practices all the things written in the law, but that he believes them. The scriptures that told of the Messiah, that foretold of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, were uppermost in Paul's heart of mind. Note Acts 24, verse 15. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. In this, he is referencing Daniel 12 and verse 2. Daniel, the book of Daniel 12 and verse 2, which reads, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt, the close of the speech, Paul's speech before Felix, challenges his accusers to testify in person. If they, he says, if they found any wrongdoing in me, they should be here and, and testify to that. The only charge that they can bring against me is that I declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ the governor of Judea would have done well to treat the matter as Galileo, the proconsul of Achaia, had in Acts 18 and verse 15, as we studied a few weeks ago, when <clears throat> Galileo did this, said this, but if it is a question of words and names, on your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. Felix, however, was intrigued by Paul, for one thing, and he wanted to know more, but he also wanted to distance himself. In other words, he wanted it both ways. He, he, he wanted to know more about what Paul had to say about spiritual matters, but he didn't want to get directly involved. A difficult dancing act at best for a politician. Uh, Felix had known something about the way, as we see in verse 22 uh, there, 
in Acts 24. And he and his wife were curious, but careful. Uh, he arranged a meeting with himself, his wife, Drusilla, and Paul. He allowed Paul to speak. The Bible says Paul reasoned with them about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Acts 24 and 25. Righteousness includes in Greek ethics the duty which man owes to man. Self-control reinforces the balance between reason and emotion. Paul pressed with fervor the prerequisite conditions his own experiences had taught him, those, those conditions that provide a fertile ground for acceptance of Jesus Christ. Felix held a heavy conviction, though. He, he was afraid, in other words. He, he became afraid, as afraid of his own condition as a result of Paul's uh, testimony. And, and Paul knew this sense of conviction. Romans 7 and verse 15. This, this conviction of the heart, this sense of guilt and remorse. Romans 7 and 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. So Paul is giving them uh, Drusilla, Drusilla and Felix. He's giving them a an introduction, a starting point. The first arguments towards understanding the way. However, he does not intend to be merely an ethical teacher with abstract arguments on the beauty or the utility of justice and temperance. But there is no mention here of the forgiveness of sins nor of fellowship with Christ. These truths would follow the recognition of an individual's lost condition. But Paul gets cut off here. And the response of Felix has been written in the consciousness of Christians when Felix says, go away for now, go away for now. It was almost as if it was too much for him to, to hear at this point. He feels guilty, but not enough to seek a committed relationship. Go away for now, he says. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. A convenient time. And, and when is that, Felix? Felix is deferring his commitment. This is procrastination in the face of what Felix knows is the right thing to do. There is no more convenient time to accept Christ than in the eternal now. Felix, though, had so much chaos and confusion in his life, and he was directed by political necessity and self-interested power. Politicians then and now are motivated by political necessity, and self-interested power. Their first order 
is election and continued re-election. That was what was on Felix's mind. How can I uh, be interested and pursue an understanding of what Paul is talking about and yet still hold on to power? This motivation, this self-interest, suppressed the good he heard in Paul's message. For though he communed with Paul, often later, he trembled only that one time. So, he, like so many others, passed into darkness. Paul was held for two years before he was taken to Rome. Many a half-hearted believer like Festus has died unprepared to meet God in judgment, thinking he would obey the Lord when convenient. Felix is a representative of many people who are intrigued by the gospel but fear that surrendering to Jesus Christ means loss of worldly status or loss of control of their own lives. Like Felix, many know on a deep level that what they are hearing is truth, yet prideful self-focus refuses to give way. Judas Iscariot was in close association with the Son of God for three years, witnessing miracles, witnessing healings and other supernatural events. Yet in the end, he chose to betray the Lord. Mere exposure to truth does not necessarily enlighten the heart. And Felix is a good example of that. Brother Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.18 says it this way. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's the lesson for this week. The lesson of a man unable to give up those things of the world in order to reach out and accept Christ, seeking a more convenient time when the most convenient time is the present. Thank you for listening. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God of heaven, we approach your throne of grace with all humility, with our eyes closed and our head bowed. Thank you, Father, for sending your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf and the hope, the opportunity that he provided in that sacrifice for making heaven our home. We thank you for the church of Christ where men, women, boys, and girls can work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. 
We pray for those who are near and those who are far off. We pray for healing and spiritual regeneration in the hearts and minds of the poor of spirit. We pray for the sick, the shut-in, those who are in the hospital awaiting procedures and those coming out of procedures. We pray for your continued arms to be encircled, those who are in mourning. We pray for your continued mercy, grace, and long-suffering as we sojourn through this low ground of sorrow. We pray that something was said today that was uplifting and edifying, and we pray that we continue steadfast in your word. Thank you for being our God. These and all other blessings we seek in the most holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have two more lessons, brothers and sisters, in this quarter. I pray that that these lessons have been uplifting and edifying. And let me hear from you at bill.cants at gmail.com. Stay safe. Bye for now.